Good morning and welcome to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on 97.3 and 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV in Vincennes and in Washington. Glad you could be with us on this foggy morning. And our first guest is, he's out of the fog, I might add, That's right. Mark Hill <laughs> from the Knox County United Way. Good morning. I can see you across the, the dais here. <laughs> I know it. It's, it's something. It's thick it, it. Isn't it? Like I always said, why do they always say the fog rolls in? Right. It does, you it's know, it rolls. Shit. Yeah, it rolls in. It doesn't come in, it rolls in. But anyway, that's for another time. But we got plenty to talk about today. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, we have so much to talk about. Uh, well, we are going to start right with Biden because I think this might be the best-kept secret program around. Well, you know, there are a number of people that have used this consistently over the past several years in spite of the changing uh, platforms of uh, free services that are out there for taxes. But uh, tax VITA is the Volunteers in Tax Assistance, and it's a program the United Way offers uh, annually, and we do it during the month of February at two locations, one the Bicknell Library and, and also at the Nice County Public Library in Vincennes. And um, so people can pick up packets now. Uh, they're there, and it's fairly easily instructional, and uh, people pick them up and fill out what they can and then bring it back on any Saturday in February, and you'll be met by a volunteer that will go through the material with you. Um, and then they take a week to prepare that and return it to you the following week. Um, and we do uh, e-file for people, and we also double-check. So any taxes that we do, no matter how complicated, how simple, uh, we do have another uh, person review those to make sure we get all the I's crossed and the D's tied. <laughs> I can't say that. Um, in Bignall, we have a slightly shorter schedule. We just meet there on Thursday, February the 8th from 3 to 6. But the Knox County locations, 10 to 1230 every Saturday in February. Okay. This... And I say this because I still think a lot of people don't realize it. Mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of people take advantage of it, but I still think this is such an incredible service. Yeah, it's a free service, and uh, regardless of age, no, regardless of word. income. Uh, repeat that word, free. Free. There's it is no totally free. There's no cost involved at all. And uh, and so the you know we do uh, uh, pay our coordinator that uh, coordinates our volunteers and prepares all the things in advance, but otherwise all our volunteers are also volunteers. Um, and so it doesn't cost uh, the United Way a whole lot to do this program. So uh, it really is a benefit. And some people can go online with Intuit or even HR Block now does some free tax services. But some people just feel more comfortable having somebody else uh, kind of re reviewing things, preparing stuff for them. And it's a comfort to be able to do that. Okay. Anyway, it's a tremendous service. I mean, it really, Thanks. really is. And I've heard a lot of people use it and joyce conrad and her husband jay are wonderful uh, coordinators that. of this and, and do a wonderful job with that good all right well anyway we'll probably talk about this again next month absolutely i mean because yeah. and maybe we'll get jay or jay and, and maybe get jay in here that'd be good okay i mean <laughs> he's a silent partner oh, okay a silent yeah okay but uh, i think mark i look at everything that how this program has when it was started and how it has blossomed 
And to me, I'm going to be honest, I'm not smart when it comes to taxes. Mm, right. They change all the time. And they do change. And that's the, that's the most important things for Joyce and the volunteers to get up to code and find out what has changed each year. Um, and so and then there is a companion program of this uh, that um, Generations does, but that is uh, for seniors. But that's offered at Vincent's University. So, you know, if somebody can't get in to the VITA program at the libraries, uh, they can, if they're a senior, they can do that at Generations. This next topic, I am so glad you put it on the list uh, because I want to spend a little time with this. Sure, absolutely. Emergency Weather Warming Center. We had that blast a couple weeks ago. Well, probably even less than that. Yeah. And I mean, not one, but two rounds. Right. Okay. I want to go from the beginning how this all got set up because this took... It's it's a lot of work. It took a lot. lot It's a lot of work and a lot of initiative. And I want to give everybody credit. Absolutely. So the uh, the impetus for this, of course, went back to last year. Last uh, winter, right around Christmas time, we had a week of really. Uh, super cold weather, um, and at that time uh, took advantage of the Margaret Compton Center that was still in its early stages and not completely structured as it is now. And so we used that for that uh, opportunity, uh, worked with the city, worked with the emergency management uh, people and the uh, volunteers from uh, the, the um, Homeless Task Force and other churches and organizations to operationalize that uh, initially. This year, uh, we, we had the great opportunity that uh, St. Paul's Lutheran uh, volunteered to have their church used for that location. So we knew that in advance. And so as we saw the weather um, forecast, uh, you know, I got together with the mayor and with uh, John Streeter and uh, decided when and uh, we would pull the trigger on this. And we basically ran it from January 12th uh, through January 22nd. Um, enormous amount of volunteers that were required to do this. I'll give high praise to Troy Pickle that coordinated those volunteers for us during that 10-day period. We actually did, uh, we were going to operate it for a, about a week, shut down for a couple of days, and then come back open again because we had a little break in the weather. But as it turned out, we just kind of kept it open continuously through those uh, 10, 11 days. We had about 100 volunteers that assisted. Uh, many people brought food and uh, also donated funds to the city. And we had um, a um, generous donation from the Duke uh, Foundation that's going to assist us now and into the future with that. So um, the important thing was we had about 30 people that uh, took advantage of that. Some were in and out. Some stayed um, during most of that time. There were a few people that were kind of outliers that couldn't really fit into the shelter as it, it existed that we did put up in some hotels hotel space. Um, but that's uh, one of the things we're doing actually this morning is having a follow-up meeting with uh, the key players involved in this to say, okay, let's formalize this process. Let's set protocols, procedures, so that we know exactly when and where uh, we pull this. And, and most of it is, we call it an emergency uh, weather-related uh, warming center because there are differences. You know, the, the YMCA, the Salvation Army, STOA, a, a, a downtown location, all have warming centers where people can drop in, get a cup of coffee, get some soup, uh, get some warmth for three or four hours and, and move on and also act as cooling stations during hot weather. But they're not there for 24 hours and not available. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, there are people in the community that are, have been working on the idea of a permanent kind of sheltering system System, but those are really three different kind of things. And so we want to define uh, this emergency weather system as, as tightly as we can and have the best coordination and best practices in place. You know, 
and and this this is what really amazes me, Mark. And this is kudos to you and the United Way. You know, you put out a plan, a, a yearly plan for allocations, and mm. all this is planned. But then this, you don't know when this is going to happen. And right. This is like drop everything. We got to do this now. Right. Right. So I mean, you guys are so adaptable. Is what I'm looking at. Yeah. So I think that uh, yeah, and that's that's kind of what we're looking at is you know how do you best. Uh, put this into practice. I mean, we really felt strongly that the city needed to take the leadership with this. The mayor was key in this whole process. And uh, of course, actually, this is his wife's parish that uh, volunteered to do this. Uh, so that was very helpful. Um, but um, it, it does um, um, take some understanding. And, you know, John Streeter, of course, understands the, the weather. Of course, John's very key in what's coming up with the clips and trying to figure out all the logistics with that. And, you know, so you need people like that that can uh, bring uh, uh, supplies and things to bear. You know, John brought in all the cots that we used in that system, and now we have them in storage and the blankets and, and sheets and things for people. So he has the access to those kind of services and can do that. You know, we worked with the YMCA for some showering opportunities. And um, so there are a lot of um, moving parts to this. And uh, like you said, the, the biggest thing is that it really, you know, I tried to actually, because I wasn't feeling very well with my own health during that time, tried to stay out of there as much as I could. So I was doing most of the work from that I did from the outside, but we significantly appreciate those volunteers that spent a significant amount of time there at the site. Good, good. Anyway, again, I want, I'm glad you brought it up. I want to spend some time there because, again, this is not what we have on the schedule to talk about. No, no, no. And I just wanted people to understand the United Way is there for a lot of reasons, mm. okay? Even I know we say, well, they're there for emergencies. Well, this was an emergency. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, right. I just, again, you don't toot your horn enough, but I want to toot it for you today. Well, thanks, Ed. I think you guys, did, this was great. And I here's the other good thing is, now have a plan. Now you know ahead of time you can look at the right, weather, right? And it gives you time to plan, right? Unlike a tornado or something. Sure. I mean, yeah, this, they're different. You know, different like Red Cross and, and organizations like that that step up in in the immediate disasters. And of course, John is a part of a system of uh, agencies and organizations that deal with disasters and those kind of things. This is a little different and, and kind of falls outside of the, of the normal procedures. Okay, let's take a break. We'll have more after this on WAOV. Save money and time by shopping with TOC Direct Mail. It comes to your mailbox every week and includes great buys on what you need and what you want. Look for TOC Direct in your mailbox this week. We're back in the morning chat with Ed Ballinger here on WAOV. Mark Hill from the Knox County United Way. Also, United Way of Crawford County, Illinois. And now we're going to wrap up the campaign. Well, wrap it up, so yeah, to speak. as best we can. Yeah. You know, we uh, have brought that to official close, so to speak, as far as soliciting or going around to sites and talking to employees, those types of things. Uh, but we still get uh, some checks here in the waning hours of uh, January and even early February from corporate matches uh, as information pulls into national headquarters and things. So we'll get some uh, more dollars. We get some dollars from individuals, foundations, and trusts, too, that come in. Uh, so we're at about 
percent of last year's total, which is reasonable. You know, that was uh, our uh, co-chair's goal was to be, you know, just a little bit above last year. And uh, we fell just a little bit short of that. But those two did a yeoman's work, uh, Robin Montgomery and Laura Bogart. I praise both of them. And they opened up some new doors for us and got some solicitations from different sources. Um, You know, it's a a moving uh, target, you know, with campaigns and, uh, you know, changes in corporation sizes. Uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges we had this year was the the hospital and the, the family health center, you know, dividing and having different campaigns. And um, so that, that affected our campaign some. You know, we always have challenges with new, new staff, like in the school corporations. I know that the uh, stable employees that have been there for a while and appreciate what we do with the schools understand all that. You know, newer employees, some, you know, I'm not picking on millennials, but they just don't get payroll deduction and understand some of those oh. things. So, you know, those uh, are affected a little bit. So uh, we have some specific challenges, but uh, overall we feel okay about how we did. You know, there are those who, I'll write a check. I'll write a check. Right. I will write yeah, a check. Yeah, right. I, that way I know I've done checks, it. Right? Yeah. That's like, checks? I mean, yeah. do you do? <laughs> you know, it's... I'll it's, Venmo you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, payroll deductions. Every, I mean, you remember going to church, you know, past the plate around now... Well, you know, as I'm sitting there going through the yeah. uh, the, the Good Samaritan uh, donations, you know, I, I I noticed a person that had pre- previously been employed at uh, the hospital, and now they're working someplace else. You know, even before their deductions began, you know, and so I knew that person well, and sent sent uh, her a memo saying, "Well, you know, you did pledge this much. Are you willing to honor that?" And she was, and you yeah. know, did write us a check. And uh, you know, some people do switch uh, to payroll but I'm just deductions. Saying that, other yeah, but I'm just saying though, like at church, remember you used to pass. Oh yeah, it. but right. now it's like, yep, yeah, send it through. Yeah, you know. You know, or it's automatically automatically deducted. deducted. You know, even yeah. churches now do ACH kind of sure. donations. And, and I'm and, just saying that's that's the world we live in. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. Mean, and but you can also do it the other way too. Yeah, and there's sure. you know, but I um, <laughs> just that's a great point. It's a great yep. point. All right. So the next step then, of course, is we take all the information that our agencies give us uh, this month on their uh, 2024 goals and grant uh, uh, options that they are proposing to us, and then they give us an annual report of what they did with last year's dollars. They have to demonstrate measurable gains in what they did with the dollars that they were allocated. And so then we meet in about the middle of February and determine uh, how much each agency can be allocated in that process. Some of those allocation come from uh, individuals that have specifically designated to an organization like uh, Hope's Voice or the Isaiah House, places like that, that employees choose to have their dollars designated. So uh, that takes some time to sort through all that information, make sure those are prepared. And we have a committee of about 12 folks that each take a couple of our agencies. They meet with them, they go over the grants and uh, find out more information and those personal contacts they make. And then they come back to the full committee and make the recommendations. And then we move forward uh, with the board final approval. And then we start in March awarding those grants and then start meeting with those agencies uh, in April quarterly and pay them quarterly as a part of that process. Okay, wow, exciting time. Did you love that time? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, actually, I have several of our board members that will tell, and we were recruiting a couple of new board members at our meeting earlier this week, and they say, you know, this is the best part of something that we do as board members, you know, because they do get to know the agencies and understand what they're doing uh, for us and for the community, Uh, and so it is an important work, Um, and we offer uh, our our campaign co-chairs to be a part of that process, too. You know, Ryan Chatton was our co-chair a couple of years ago. Go. And Ryan now serves on our board and is part of our allocation process this year. Robin Montgomery is going to participate in uh, taking a couple of the agencies to review. So that gives them some ownership, too, of, you know, hey, I helped raise this money. Now I'm going to help determine where it goes. Okay. I do. I know it's not on your list, but I just want to, we talked about one of your agencies. Got a new boss. YMCA. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Cordes, of course, Dennis is a great guy. I've known him well over the years, and uh, he's a very visible person in the community with uh, <laughs> yeah. Civitan. He's a part of the Police Merit Board. You know, Dennis has worn a lot of hats over the years, been involved in the rendezvous, and uh, love him dearly. And, uh, you know, I was it, it's delightfully surprised that he stepped up and uh, took advantage of this opportunity. He's sort of in training now, and uh, Bumper Hustetler has been, uh, you know, assisting as an interim director in this process. But I think Dennis is excited about it. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the work we talked about earlier. Den- you know, Dennis has also been the uh, township trustee, and Dennis has been quite involved with us with uh, uh, helping uh, the charity tracker program program and with the uh, landlord assistance program that we've been doing and so he's been working very closely with us and then of course I mentioned that you know the YMCA actually helped us with the providing showers for people in this warming center so this is a key player and I really look forward to working with okay him. I'm going to give him a plug in oh yeah that. for sure all right uh marketing committee so one of you know the marketing committee meets really kind of year round at various points in time and you know they're key in developing our theme every year and and certain activities that we do and uh, involved in things like the day of caring but one of the things they suggested this year was we really need to have a full calendar of events for the 2024 season that highlights all the various things that we do but sets specific dates and locations for our kickoff for the day of caring uh whether or not we do the chili cook-off this year or do some other uh, fundraising activity. Um, so we'll have all those things lined up and be able to kind of tell the public in advance, hey, here are the things we're going to be doing this year, and then we can orchestrate our volunteers, and particularly the marketing information that goes around that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it kind of goes back to what we were talking in the first segment about having a uh, warming center, but probably wasn't going to be on your calendars. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things, yeah. Okay. To be defined. All right. Yeah. Let's go across the river. What's going on there? Well, Chris Barb, uh, uh, Scheimer, and all of our board members over there at uh, Crawford County have been very instrumental in all these things that we've been talking about today. And one of the things that we've been working on is uh, reviewing our partnership agreement between the two finance committees of both boards. Um, we have some shared costs like uh, United Way dues and our audits and different things like that that we have divided differently over the years. So we sat down and talked between both boards about how we might share those. And then also, you know, um, both uh, uh, the organizations help pay for our staff, and so determining the percentage of that is an important thing that we're working on. Uh, they also are actually ahead of us in terms of their grant application processes. They're going to be, be meeting on February 3rd to determine um, where each of their agencies get things. The advantage they have, so to speak, is they have uh, fewer agencies, so it's a little simpler uh, in some ways to determine that. But it's still the same process, and uh, Barb does the omens work over there for us, and we greatly appreciate her. Okay. How hard is it to 
sit down and allocate money? Well, it's a, it's a complicated process because there are a lot of a lot of pieces to that. I mean, we we do have a jurying document that we use uh, to uh, compare. For example, I mean, we have large agencies like Pace and Good Samaritan Hospital and KCRC that are they're applying for specific grants within specific programs. And then we have other mom and pop organizations like North Knox Social Ministries and On Eden's Wings and and the Knox County Mental Health America Group. They're entirely volunteer uh, that don't really ask a lot of us in terms of funds but then they they have a uh, more difficult time um, providing information accessing technology doing the kind of things that larger agencies do you know without blinking an eye um, so the the um, the rubric that we use that compares uh, agencies allows uh, the board members to have some appreciation and I say board members but we also have some volunteers from the community that are a part of that process too which we think is really important um, so it is challenging and then you have to look at uh, dollars that are donated outside of our organization we have a couple of people that donate to things that are 501c3s that are outside I mean we have employees here that work in Davies County that donate to the Davies County um, United Way or Crawford County United Way and, and vice versa. You know, there are people that work at Toyota that donate to us and people that work, uh, that live in Vincennes, that work in Washington. So it works both ways. So there's some balance there. But there, there is some um, logistics and some um, difficult challenging. Actually, we never raise enough money to give all the funding of uh, the request for agencies. So we do have to make a tough decision sometimes between who we give to what. All right. Mark, appreciate you coming in hey, today. Great. Take care of yourself. Great conversation, Ed. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you next month. All right. Stay tuned. More of the morning chat coming up on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV 97.3, 97.7 FM, 1450 AM in Vincennes and in Washington. Our next guest is Cheryl Boyd from Social Security in Indianapolis. And first of all, good morning. Good morning. A little foggy there in uh, the capital city. It's a little foggy, a little bit of delays, but we're still moving. <laughs> okay, all right. One thing that's not foggy we can talk about is your office, Social Security. And it is a new year, which means mm, probably something different for everybody. But when it comes to Social Security, you, you well, there's little different areas we want to talk about. You know, Ed, that's a great point. You know, when it comes to Social Security and we're at a new year, you know, we understand folks are at different points. We do have some new information, so we have some new numbers, but those numbers apply to you depending on where you are. Um, one new number that I will throw out is a wage limit, and this applies to individuals who are receiving Social Security benefits and they're before their full retirement age. If they're before their full retirement age, then there's a limit to their wages. 
And and I know you know this, but I want to say it real clear for your for your listeners. When we say wages, we're talking about what you're working and earning. So that's W two, self employment. What it is not, it's not your pensions, it's not your annuities, it's not your investments. So I hope that's good news. The number, the wage limit, if you're under full retirement age for this year in 2024, it is $22,320. Now, do they base a lot of that also on cost of living? Oh, absolutely. That these numbers, uh, we release them each year usually after October because we have to wait until after that you know, third quarter because it's based off of that consumer price index, that CPI. Okay, so in other words, if I'm like, you know, I'm limited here, but things keep going up. I should be able to make a little bit more. And then I think you guys take that in consideration. Yeah, so the numbers, that's a great point. So as a wage limit, if you were under full retirement age last year, it was 21240 And so then this year, the number is 22320 So that limit has gone up so you can earn a little bit more. Again, this limit is if you're under full retirement age, and you're receiving Social Security benefits. Okay. All right. That's important to know. That's important to know. It, and, it is. And so for, especially for your folks this year, as we're talking about a new year, let's say if this is the year you're, one of your listeners is thinking of retiring this year. So they're thinking of retiring this year, and they're going to um, they're going to be at, they're at least age 62, because you have to be at least age 62 to start your Social Security retirement benefits. But they're at least 62, but they're under their full retirement age, so they're under 67. They're going to have a limit on their wages. And so that's a great starting point to know what that yearly limit. I hate to um, throw a curveball, but there's an extra layer for those listeners. And the layer is, is that the first year that you start receiving Social Security benefits, in addition to that yearly rule that I just shared, everyone automatically, they get a monthly rule. And that monthly rule is we just take that yearly number and we divide it by we divide it by twelve. And so um, the wages that they would have earned before they started Social Security benefits is not going to count against them. Um, that monthly limit for this year is one thousand eight hundred and sixty. Okay, now again, now I'm just spitballing on this these numbers. I have no clue. So let's say I want to take early retirement, and for some reason, it's kind of a sidebar here. I'm seeing more and more conversations on should you take early retirement or should you not? For the longest time, it was always no, no, no. Now I'm starting to read things. Maybe you should. So, I mean, now you're getting bombarded from both sides. So the best thing to do is know your numbers, but then you get these numbers and do you really know what they mean? You know, Ed, that's such an excellent point. That if you're thinking of early retirement, you want to know your numbers and you want to know what they mean. I'm a visual learner, so I want to walk through an example. So let's say this year I'm turning 62. I decided that I want to do an early retirement. And let's say I retire in June. I'm going to start Social Security 1st of July. And from January through June, I've earned 30000 in gross wages. That 30000 thousand that I earned is over the twenty two thousand three twenty limit. But what happens automatically is I get this monthly wage limit. And again you only get this monthly limit the first year you start benefits. But in my scenario, beginning in July, Social Security would say that my wages need to be under the one thousand eight hundred and sixty gross per month 
and I'd have that limit, this 1860, through the end of the calendar year. So from, in my example, from July through December. And so it doesn't matter how much I had earned before I started benefits. As long as once I start benefits, I'm under that monthly limit for that year, then I'd be able to receive my payments, my Social Security payments. And then that following January, it just goes to the yearly limit. Okay, so, so you gave a great point that it varies and you need to know the details of the options. So it's like grandfathered in, is that it? The, your wages for the first six months? And then I get, I get it. I, I know where you're going. I just want people to understand that uh, if you're doing early retirement, why would you want to still be at this job? You know what I mean? It's, is it just because you want to, to earn more just to get those wages out of Social Security? I, I, that part I don't understand. But, but I'm sure everybody has their own reasoning why they do things. But the thing is, if I'm looking at my wages and I'm thinking, you know what? I figured out through Social Security I'm going to get X amount of money. And if I could just work 20 hours, I'm going to make the same money I'm making now and working less. You know what? Maybe that's a thought. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people are trying to say. You know, cut back on your hours. And that's one way to do it. But then comes a thing called Medicaid or Medicare. How does that affect it? There are, aren't there so many layers? There are. So. There are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I want folks to understand. Yes, I'm getting. I told Cheryl before we went on the air. I'm getting close to these the years, so I'm starting to see these little scenarios. I had no clue where insurance came in on this. And you mm-hmm. got to be careful. Yeah. So the the one thing is that with Medicare, when we're talking about the health insurance, you're not eligible for Medicare until you're 65 unless you've been on Social Security disability benefits for 24 months. So for the Medicare, that's going to come into play at 65. And if you were receiving your Social Security retirement benefits early before 65, then you'll automatically be enrolled into that Medicare um, when you become um, when you become 65. It's actually going to technically your Medicare coverage begins the first day of the month if you reach 65, so you don't have to wait um, I always say, like, I'm born on the 16th. I don't have to wait till the 16th. I would be eligible beginning April 1st, that month I turned 65. But, Ed, as you talk about those layers, so we got someone, they're turning 62 this year. The first thing is that we threw out a number of a limit, which was 22320 We said that's a yearly wage limit. But then we gave them an exception. We said that first year, it doesn't matter what you earn before you start receiving benefits because we're going to give you a monthly limit, and you have that monthly limit beginning that month through the, through the rest of that year. And that's important, I think, for folks to know because sometimes, Ed, they might have payments for accrued leave, and those are wages. So let's say if they have, you know, $7,000 of um, of accrued leave that they're going to get paid out. Well, those are wages, but Social Security is going to count it um, to what they earned before they started receiving benefits instead of, you know, the month they receive it. And so there there are many layers. I want to go ahead and throw a beacon. And you know that beacon I'm about to throw out. It's our website. Here it comes. <laughs> here, here it comes. I'm ready. Our website, ssa.gov. It really is a great resource, especially as we're talking about early retirement. Um, we redesigned that website. We made it, you know, easier to navigate, especially based off the task. So when you go to that website, ssa.gov, and I'm going to go there just so I can be that visual person, you see over to the left it says prepare 
prepare for benefits to the right apply for benefits and at the bottom manage benefits. And so for the listeners that we're here and we're talking about early retirement or just planning for retirement, I would select that plan for retirement link. There's going to be so much great information is there for them to digest, to click on those links. As I tell my dad, who's in his 70s, you can't break our website. So while you're there playing around, don't worry about it. If you click on something, did you mess up? You're not in your account. When you're just at SSA.gov, you're just getting all that great information. Now, I do encourage folks, and you know this, Ed, to take time and create their secure My Social Security account so that they can see their actual numbers. But if they just want general information at first, again, this plan for retirement is a great link. <laughs> okay. You can't break it. No. No, <laughs> you can't no. break it. No, 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 you can't. But, uh, you know, and I think this is really a good conversation because um, everybody's situation is different. It, it really is. You know, some people stay on a job just for the benefits. You know, maybe they want to retire, but they know if they retire, they're going to lose their benefits. So they want to stay. You know what I mean? There's, there's, mm-hmm. Every scenario is different for everybody. Everybody's reason is different. I just think it's great to see options. That's the word I think more than anything is you have options. And that's you can't say that about a lot of things. And, and the earlier they start looking at this, the more options they have. Because if you look at it early, then you can see all your options from 62 to 70. But if you waited until 66 to look at it, then you missed out on just the options you would have had from beforehand. Mm-hmm. So options are definitely um, great. And what I love about it, if they take the time and create their own personal My Social Security account, then they're able to see their options with their actual estimates of numbers. And again, they can go to ssa.gov slash my account and create that secure account, see their social security statement, see what they paid in, see the estimates of their benefits. It's just a really great resource, as you said, so that they can know their options. Okay. Now here's one thing that, and now I don't know if this is fair to ask you, but you know, somebody like me, I'm saying, Hey, I'm going to work to 67. That's when my full benefits kick in. I'm going to work till then. Maybe that's not always, maybe I still should know what if something happened. I should have, at least have a, a plan B that if I had to retire earlier than that, you know, you, you, you're not locked in. You could actually just see numbers. And that's what it is right now. It's a numbers game. It's, it's, yeah, it's numbers knowing their options. And so to, to say it a little differently, what I would not want to happen is I would not want someone to have not looked at their numbers until 67. Mm-hmm. I would want them to have known all of their numbers, and then they decide what's best for them. They might look at all their numbers and say, you know what, I want to wait till full retirement age. They might say, you know what, I like this delayed retirement increase, how this, how my benefit amount in- increases after full retirement age for me not taking it, and maybe they delay the 70. But I want them to know their options so that they made a decision that was best for them instead of just being being proactive instead of being reactive. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh if you decide to go beyond 67, your benefits increase, don't they? That is correct. It's a wonderful thing. It's called delayed retirement credit. Your benefit's going to increase for each month that you did not receive it after your full retirement age, and you can earn those increases all the way up to age 70. 
For my numbers, folks, you're roughly talking about an 8% increase for each year that you choose to delay. But if you want to know what your numbers are, because 8%, 8% increase on what? On 2000 on 2500 So to know what your numbers are, again, SSA.gov slash my account. If you're in your secure my Social Security account, you can see what your estimated delayed retirement credits would be. Okay, great, great. Now, the other thing I want to bring up, you know, and this one may take us to the end. I don't know. But, you know, in life, you know, you get second chances. Let's say I'm, I'm all planned and I'm going to retire early. I got the numbers. I hit, let's say I'm 64. I'm going to retire at 64. Of course, I'm not going to get the full benefits, but I'm going to get what I can at that age. And with everything else I've saved up and whatever, I'm okay. Then a sparkling job comes available, full-time job. And something you can't pass up. Can you put your retirement on hold? Or what happens in that scenario? Oh, Ed, this is such an excellent question. I hope your listeners are turning up the volume on their radio right now. So if you start your benefits early before full retirement age, you have up to a year to change your mind and withdraw your application. When you withdraw an application, you pay back the benefits you received, and it's as if you hadn't tapped in. You can only do that once in your lifetime, and again, you only have 12 months to do it. But one, you can withdraw an application, pay back the benefits, and it's as if you've never tapped in. Another option is, is that if you, let's say if you're past the 12 months or if you didn't want to pay back the benefits, then what we would just do is, based off of your report of your wages, we would put that amount of your wages in the system, and it would tell us how much we're supposed to withhold. Because remember, you have this wage limit, and that's what we started our conversation out today. You have this wage limit, and if you go over the limit, then Social Security withholds $1 for each two that you go over when you're under full retirement age. And so we would just withhold whatever payments we're supposed to hold, and um when your wages will go below the limit, they start back up. Or, Ed, once a person would reach their full retirement age, because remember, at full retirement age, there's no limit, then their benefits will start back up. Okay. Yeah, one chance. <laughs> better be a darn no, good. Hey, it better be a darn good job to go back to. <laughs> so, anyway, I would really like to, uh, I think I want people to understand that. There is an option, but this is, a again, a one-time option, though. That's, that's the, great of, to know. Yes, of the withdrawing. So, again, you just have one time to withdraw within the 12 months. But if you didn't withdraw and pay back, then we would just, again, withhold whatever payments because you're over the limit. But, Ed, these are such excellent questions because right now um, I'm seeing a lot of it in the workforce to where individuals retire and then their employers you know, ask them, can you come back and consult? Can you come back and do this? You know, or they create, you know, this ideal position for them, working from home, et cetera, that, like you said, they just can't refuse. And so I want to make sure I follow that conversation to say, if life changes, just let us know. We understand that life changes. So when you apply for benefits, life could change later. Mm-hmm. We only need to know about those changes if you're before your full retirement age. Once you reach full retirement age, those changes, you know, won't affect your, your benefits. But um, but it's okay. Just just give us a call. Our toll-free number is 1-800-772-1213. 
It's so funny, folks. We talk about what we're going to talk about before we do it, and we have a couple, an idea. <laughs> 18 and a half minutes later, it was no problem. <laughs> Charlotte, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Again, what is that site? Our website, ssa.gov. Again, it's the beginning of the year, so I encourage everyone, if you haven't done so already, take the time, create that secure My Social Security account, ssa.gov slash my account, so you can see your numbers, see your Social Security statement. That's whether retirement is 20 years down the road or maybe within the next 5 to 10 years. As Ed said, it's just great to know your options. If you're not online, again, our toll-free number, 1-800-772-1213. All righty. We'll talk to you next month. Thank you. Thank you. Stay tuned. More of the Morning Chat coming up on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV 97.3, 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV. Glad you could be with us on this foggy morning. And uh, Knox High Sheriff Doug Vantlin joins us. Fog is kind of thick out there, isn't it? It is. School got delayed a couple hours this morning. Yeah, okay. Brought a couple deputies with you. I do. I have uh, the, my detectives are here with me this morning, Cameron Carr and Kevin Menderman. And Ed, I brought them in this morning because we've been having some um, calls coming in, uh, people trying to scam the system. System? That's a big word. Our system. Oh, your system? Yes. Oh, my, the sheriff's department, huh? Yes. Oh, that yes. takes guts, doesn't it? <laughs> pardon, the, pardon my language. That's pretty ballsy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, to come in in your own county and, and try it, yes. Don't you think we know people? <laughs> so what is the scam about, guys? Uh, so basically, uh, Knox County citizens, they're getting calls, um, and a representative says that they're with the Knox County Sheriff's Office or Department. Um, they say they're actually a deputy with them, give them a name, um, and they're looking to get some, some kind of money from them. It's a fraud. Um, it changes and it varies. Um, the important thing is we just want the information out there that the Sheriff's Department will never call and solicit money of any kind. Um, we'll never ask you to pay a bond over the phone. We'll never ask you to buy iTunes gift cards. We'll never do any of that at all. Um, if there is any suspicion, um, you can call in to our main office um, at 812-882-7660, and we can get that verified that a deputy was called. Because we do call people, and we do leave, say, hey, this is Detective Carr, I need to speak to you. Please call me back. But I never will call you and ask for your Social Security number, banking information, or tell you that you have a warrant and that if you – buy $500 in iTunes cards, we can make it go away. Um, that doesn't happen. <laughs> wow. What would you spend them? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just, of all things, you know, it's... And uh, yeah. uh, we did get word, uh, the guys did, that there was an individual that went and took out some money to pay, was it a bond or something? Yeah, so we, um, first of all, we've had um, not only them recognizing themselves as, as a sheriff's deputy with the county but also the department of justice um, and it's the same thing with any government agency 
Um, they would never ask for money or, or to pay that over the phone or anything like that. Um, but locally, we, we did have um, a case where they contacted um, someone, um, told them that their granddaughter was in jail and that they needed to produce you know, $8,500 in cash to bond her out and to take it to Walmart and buy these things. Now, fortunately enough, she was stopped before she got to Walmart and the money was safe. Um, but these are the things they target the elderly. Um, one of the tips that I gave her after them after afterwards is to make sure that your Facebook and social media things are set to private so that only friends can see um, somehow. And one of the questions was, how did she know that she was my granddaughter? How did she know this? And I said, a lot of that information is online and on your social media, and you're not aware that they can find that out. Um, this this elderly woman just heard that she her granddaughter was in jail and she needed to get her out and then went and got the money. <clears throat> so. Fortunately, she was saved um, without spending the money and, and no, no harm, no foul there, but that is, I just want to make, make it aware that that is going on and to, uh, to make sure. Years ago, I think, and I'm not trying to give any credit here, but one of the scams that really amazed me was people were getting calls from a local family. They were overseas, on vacation, somebody had stolen all their money, and they were looking for money to get back home. And I'm thinking, and it's people I knew. And I'm like, how would they know that? They got pictures of them on vacation on their Facebook. Yeah. I mean, it was like yeah. an open invitation right there. So, of course, you know, they have to reply, we're okay. And, <laughs> but they didn't know it. On their end, they had no idea what was going on. Right. right. So these scammers really, they will go the distance to get information. It, it really is. And it's important to realize that it, it, some of the questions they ask get get you to think what well, they must be real because they know that a lot of personal information um, your house when you bought it all these things can be found out online with just which is you know a, a swipe of the keyboard so um, them knowing personal information about you is not does not guarantee that they're their law enforcement or any kind of official um, business um, yeah but okay because it used to be a, a power move where they would threaten make threats about if you did not reply you were going to get arrested are these on that same level they're a little different and they change um, these are more um, sophisticated a little bit in the threats we still do see the threats um, most recently we've had someone say the IRS contacted them and there was going to be a warrant for undue unpaid taxes unless they paid you know the amount of money within like today and then they, they would make the warrant disappear um, so it is kind of an intimidation tactic, but uh, they're getting a little more sophisticated and, and giving more information to people to make them believe that this is actually who they are and, and uh, what they're trying to achieve. So. so what does the public normally do in a situation like this? Do they call you guys or, or do they go on, on the app for a tip? Or, or, I mean, how are you guys finding out this information? A lot of times they're contacting us. Um, we can receive them through the tip line as well. Um, but it, it, it is getting to the point where, like Detective Carr hit on, that they're getting so sophisticated. One of the most recent ones we had was um, the Department of Justice, and we had contacted that number that they, that they used, and it, it did. It went to a call tree that said Department of Justice, um, press one for certain warrants, press two for civil complaints. Um, so it was very extravagant, but when we, we would have to take the next step in researching as well, the name that they gave was, um, and you, you could normally search officers, you know, in that department, 
and um, it was a false um, it was a false officer it was um, I think an individual when I searched it was somebody that was deceased in 1975 so um, that they, they're getting very good at what they do and, and can manipulate somebody fairly easily and they get a number uh, if the victims get a number and give it to us <clears throat> I used to do it when I was detective. These guys will do it, and they will call the number, and they will may or may not identify themselves to the person who's trying to do the scamming, but we'll have a conversation with them over the phone. We know who we're dealing with. And uh, so if you get something like that, a phone number, let us know. We'll call them back. We'll talk to them. It's amazing how you, you look and you see a local number. It's like, how are they doing that? They can do yeah. anything now. Yeah, the technology with that has gone has, has gone through the roof. They're actually two steps ahead of what we are. We have the ability to kind of trace numbers and find out <clears throat> who they belong to, um, but with the technology now, they're able to spoof numbers, spoof local numbers. So it's an eight one two. It may even be an eight nine one or eight eight seven number, um, but it's just false and it's it's really not the number. So when we try to, to to track it down, by the time we get it tracked down, they've already changed the number. I mean, I'm got the point, gentlemen. Where I don't even answer my phone. And, and if somebody wants to get a hold of me, they can leave a message yeah. or they can text me. I mean, I don't even, because if you don't answer the phone, you can't get anything started. Right. Yeah, if you, something don't feel right, don't carry on conversation. Hang the phone up right, if, so if said, it's not right. No, if it's like, that, I don't recognize that number or, you know, that's the best thing. Now, is that the best way to live in a society? No. If you want to get a hold of me and I didn't, you were calling on a different phone and I didn't answer, you'd be mad at me. Mm-hmm. Why aren't but. you answering? I don't know who you were. You know, get right. your phone. I lost it. Okay, Doug, you lost your phone again. Okay, great. We, when we run into that in our job, um, a lot of times okay. because we, we're calling people to schedule interviews and they don't know the number, so they don't answer. Um, so we'll follow up with a text and say, hey, this is Detective Carr for the, with the Sheriff's Office. Please give me a call at your convenience. They call back and we straighten it out. But you're, you're very right. A lot of people stop answering the phone. There's so many spam calls going on right now um, that they just don't want to answer the phone. Yeah. My phone calls I get are from Walgreens, <laughs> <laughs> and I trust them, because so, <laughs> I know when my prescriptions are due. So, but yes, but I mean it's just the point now where I don't know what else you can do. I mean, if you don't initiate the contact, they can't do anything. I mean, it's a failure right. to them. It's a failure to them. They move on. Right. Yep. Okay. Just be aware. Now, are people getting? And before we go to the break, I need to ask this: Are people getting? repeat calls in other words let's say kevin gets a call would, would he get another one the next day or the next day or does it seem like just as a one time or is it hard to say I, I would say it's repeat i think it's a it's a game of numbers where they're just calling all day long and they're seeing if one sticks if one sticks and they get money that's a win and they're just going down the list <laughs> and yeah. chances they could be overseas too these calls can be from overseas. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, technology yeah. is amazing, but but we just <laughs> oh well. Yep. Well, that's not easy on you guys. It's, not, <laughs> it's it's a great conversation piece. Let me tell you. But yeah. and I'm sure you got some great stories. But the big one is just don't fall for it. Yeah. Right. Don't give out personal information. Don't give out credit card information. Don't buy anything with iTunes cards or gift cards. Um, you'll never, never be able to pay with anything with iTunes or gift cards. I got a call a couple of years ago, but the sheriff was going to arrest me if I didn't, you know, according to the records, I owed some money on some insurance claim. And I didn't even file an insurance. Well, yes, you did. Now, the sheriff 
will come get you, arrest you. I said, well, good. Doug Vantlin owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> hung up. So that didn't last long. But, yeah. But I mean, that's, but that's what it gets to. It's, they, they do. Hey, to them, it's like, ah, 30 seconds, I missed it. Move on. Yep, right. We know how many are doing it. Okay. Right. So if you get a call, what should you do? Yeah, if it doesn't feel right, something just doesn't seem right with it, you can call us. Give us a call. We'll help you out with it. Yeah, and if you know somebody who's elderly, you know, tell them about it, you know. Yeah, and, it, and if it's an obvious scam, if you know that it's a scam, just end the call and then block the number. Um, and if they call with a different number, just continue to block and block until, uh, you know, you stop receiving those calls. All right, let's take a break. We'll have more after this on WAOV. Save money and time by shopping with TOC Direct Mail. It comes to your mailbox every week and includes great buys on what you need and what you want. Look for TOC Direct in your mailbox this week. Back on the morning chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV as Knox County Sheriff Doug Vantlin and Detectives Cameron Carr and Kevin Menderman, our guests of segments. You know, I never thought we would talk about a problem with basketball right. in, the, in the sheriff's department. It's kind of a good problem, though. Yeah, actually, it's good. But it's still a problem, or a potential problem. Well, I'm going to say it's it's going to be a potential problem. Right. Of course, next week, North Knox hosting the girls' uh, basketball sectional. Eight teams we're looking at unbelievable crowds. Yes. We're looking at... A logistic situation where we've never even probably have ever ever had to look right, at right all right um, this the, it, the sectional is next Tuesday Wednesday Friday and Saturday correct eight teams there's two games Tuesday two Wednesday then semis and the championship on Saturday correct Saturday doesn't seem to be the problem you have two teams okay the first night none of the local teams Two county teams are playing. Right. North and South, South Knox will play Wednesday night. Uh, and I'm not sure. We have several or, what, three or four pretty are really good teams in this sectional, one being Sullivan, Linton, and was there a fifth team that's doing North well? and South Knox are. Are one and two. Yeah. Right. And the other two are the good ones, yeah. Right. But. And the logistics you were talking about, if we look back at the North Knox, South Knox game, they just those two teams played in front of a packed house. South Knox. Now we're looking at four or five teams and commonplace, a lot of a commonplaces whenever your team was done playing, you would leave the gym, go home. We're not expecting that this year. I think people's gonna hang around. Right. All right. The first thing of course you wouldn't think about would be the gym size, which is really a concern, but it really isn't your arena that you're concerned right. about. Your concern is the travel and the parking. That's correct. All right. It will be crowded because there's two ways to get to North Knox, basically. Yes. All right. So, but it's where people have to park. That's a problem, especially right now with the rain we have and the, the grassy areas. You're not going to be able to get on them if it's this way when the uh, sectional starts next week. So North Knox has a lot of parking, and they are going to utilize behind the building also. Uh, vehicles can go back there. We will do everything we can to get everybody parked. Um, I hate, and the bottom line is we cannot park people on 67. That's a highway. We can't put them there. So we are asking people to carpool. 
if uh, you're coming, especially if you're coming from out of town or even in the county, if you can get a bunch of you together in one vehicle and come, that, that will help a lot. Right, right. Boy, there's just so many questions here. Yes. There are so many questions. Yes. Okay, um, I mean. If it dries out, they uh, could have some other parking in the yeah. grassy areas. Of course, again, that's up to North Knox, how they want to do it. But they, we're all going to work together and get try to get everybody on the lot. We want people to have an enjoyable experience and have yes. fun. Yes, yes. And, it's the, and you know, the kids, you know, a lot of them are going to be kids driving. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, and um, schools are allotted X amount of tickets, okay? So they expect if you get a ticket, I'm going to the game. But then yes. you get up there and say, well, there's no parking place for you. And it's like, what do we do? And we're still looking at options, um, maybe finding someplace close, uh, for instance, somewhere in Bicknell, and maybe carpool a bunch of cars that park there. So uh, we're going to work on it. We're going to do everything we can to get everybody in there. Um, the other concern is these games will start at 6 o'clock. You know, school gets out roughly 3.30 or whatever. We don't want people hanging around the school before school gets out, you know, and taking parking spots and right. making making the leaving school more difficult yeah and uh on regular games we have deputies there as security and they will come to about 5 30 quarter six for a six o'clock game well we got a six o'clock game now we're going to be there for 4 30 because we are expecting people to start coming in at right that time. right and i know people are thinking that oh it's not going to happen it's going to happen yes we saw it at south knox it's going to happen yes. and then you throw in you know two other teams that have Big draws. Yes. Not, I mean, wow. Yes, it, it's uh, it's going to be a madhouse up there. But yeah. uh, we're, everybody's looking forward to it, to the games. Um, hopefully, and it'll be a good time yeah. for everyone. Yeah, it's just, wow, it's just, it's one of those situations. Yeah. That you just, I, just, I say a good time for everyone, I guess, after the game's over. It's not a good take, <laughs> good time for some people. but Well, and but it used to be where once your team was eliminated, you like you said, you'd be gone. Now the curiosity is... I got a chance to watch these other two teams. You know, I got a ticket. I bought it. Right. I got a seat. Right. You know, it used to be you get rid of those tickets leaving. Hey, I don't want mine anymore. You want it? You know, and good Samaritans was just give them away. But that won't be the case now. No, no. 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 But we, we will be working to get everybody on the lot someplace. All right. Uh, and I'm, We're I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to discourage you about from going. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no, no. And when I talked to uh, the administration at North Knox yesterday, I was just giving worst case scenario. You have to. We can't to. get everybody on there, and we can't park them on 67. So. Um, I didn't realize that was 67 that goes across there. I'm sorry, it's not. It's 159. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, okay. Thank you. But still, it is a highway, though. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yes, it's it not is a, a state highway. It's just not a county road. I mean, it's, that's, I mean, it's like, wow. It's, yep. uh, yeah, I would have thought you could park along there. I thought, oh, I'd just park along there. Nope. <laughs> right, you can't. I'm hoping we're not backed out all the way down to 67. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, all right, well, I mean, you, the, the word's out the carpool. Absolutely. Maybe schools can get fan buses. Remember those? Remember yes. the kid, you know, yes. all the kids could ride on a fan bus? I've seen some where the, the adults even got yeah. fan buses. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of those. So, all right. Well, again, I. Uh, Actually, those can be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> With adults. Yeah. Yeah. We know what you I, I've seen those wedding pictures. I yes. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. All right. 
I can't believe we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about an open house. Open house, oh, yes. The jail having an open house. No, you're not auditioning for being a felon. You're actually <laughs> going to visit, right? Right. Uh, it's pretty well completed. They still have some touch-ups to do, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and I've talked with the commissioners and the council, and we're going to go ahead and have an open house on uh, Sunday, February the 4th, oh. and we'll have it from 1 to 5. Um, on a Sunday, so you can go to church in the morning and come to jail in the afternoon. You can take a take a walk through. I, I just want to show that. That, that sounds <laughs> so Mayberry. Instead of instead of taking your family out to lunch, bring them to jail. Will there be food there? Uh, I don't. Probably not. Oh. <laughs> we'll get you in, get you out. So so you bring your teenage kid out there and say, if you're bad, this is where you go. This is what it's like. <laughs> But I, I want the, uh, I'm just offering it to the taxpayers who's paying this. Let them have a chance to go in and see what their, their tax money okay. is buying. Is it open, the new? Uh, for all intents and purposes, yes, it's open. But, of course, we haven't started to move inmates into the new facility yet. Right after the open house, we will start moving inmates Okay. In and I know, what, I'm sure community corrections probably have something, too eventually. When they yes, uh, they're not slated for a couple more months yet. Right, but, I mean, yeah. Well, it's, I never thought it would come to this day where I'm, well, when the jail first went in, you know, we were told that they built space to increase. Mm -hmm. So we don't need an increase. I was wrong. Yes. You know, bad guys got badder. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Yes, a, uh, we have a lot of them uh, coming back. Yeah. Uh, just repeaters that come back in. Uh, I know, you just want to bang your head on the mic right now, don't you? But I mean, it is. Yes, I but, think this morning we had 265 inmates in the jail this morning. So. Now, how many are federal? Mm, less than 50. That's still a lot of locals. Yeah, that's 215. Wow. But anyway, that's why we build the additional pod there and, you know, spread things out a little bit. Right, right. And we do have some maintenance and repairs to do the old place. Uh, I can take that out of my maintenance budget and we when we move them out of the old cells we'll go in there and, and uh, paint it fix it up fix some plumbing things like that in there did the detective offices move no, no. <laughs> you guys are still where you are right okay so you weren't affected by this except for during construction yeah, just a little noisy. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> noisy and uh, the parking, that became a premium oh, there yeah. during the time. But yeah. uh, it all worked out well with the uh, construction. Everybody got along. We uh, tried to stay out of each other's way as we maneuvered through the facility. Yeah. Now, February 4th, that is not Super Bowl weekend, is it? No. I think that's the weekend before. I don't before. know. I never I think thought that's about a, that. No, I think that's the weekend before. Plus, heck, that won't, it won't matter. That's before the game. Anyway, yeah. So. No yeah. refreshments? If I'm we might out, have something. If I come out there, at least I want something. <laughs> uh, we'll, I'll make sure to put something out there with your name yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah you're going you're gonna to leave me $1.50 to go to the machine. Yeah, go there, get you, them. there you go. I never thought about that. We can sell some stuff out there. <laughs> make some money. There you go. <laughs> Sign up for classes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, wow. yes. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I know it's hard to say. You get excited about a new jail, but you guys have needed a space. I mean, there's no doubt. It the jailers is. are really, I mean, sure it's been tough. My common saying has always been, uh, yeah, you say exciting, we're open to new jail, and you're right, but the bottom line is it's, kind of, it's sad it is that sad. we have to build a bigger jail. Well, no, it, it's sad that we're scamming people on the phone. It's sad, you know, that, you know, <clears throat> what is 
keep my fingers crossed. We had dense fog this morning. I didn't hear of any accidents. I mean, uh, you guys hear of any? I don't think I mean, so. I mean, not, not this morning. That's good. Yes. Young drivers and driving in foggy conditions. That's good. So, all right. Yep. Okay. Well, you guys have got a lot on your plate. <laughs> Appreciate you coming by. See you next month. Okay. All right, Ed. Thanks, Ed. thanks, Ed. All right. Stay tuned. The morning chat is over, and we will have the midday edition next on WAOV.